Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Metzler. I have two great musicians in the studio with me tonight, Kevin Odegaard and Gary Lopak. Kevin Odegaard is uh, a legend in the Twin Cities music scene. Uh, he's probably most famous for playing guitar on Bob Dylan's Tangled Up in Blue, and we're going to talk about... Uh, when he gave Bob some advice about changing the key on that tune. But he kind of made a name for himself with the KO Band in the early 70s, featuring a drummer named Bobby C., who went on to play with Prince. His bass player, who's with us today, Gary Lopak, also played in that band. Kevin moved out to Los Angeles uh, in the late 80s or early 90s, he'll tell us when, and headed up the National Academy of Songwriters, where I met him for the first time when I pounded on his door when I was out there playing at the Troubadour. They're here to talk about a, a great new uh, career-defining record called Artifacts, which is uh, uh, 12 tunes, uh, some from the old days and some from the new days, featured some great new musicians here in town uh, that Gary Lopak produced for my guest, Kevin Odegaard. And uh, we've got a lot of great tunes to listen to and a lot of great stories to tell. Without any further ado, welcome Kevin Odegaard and Gary Lopak. Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot. I just re-listened to Artifacts this morning, and there's about three tunes on there that I can't wait to listen to on my ride back from the studio. We're going to be playing all three. I want to talk about each of them. But, Kevin, let's go back a little ways. You grew up in Princeton, Minnesota. I did, and I sat on the armory steps on Highway 169 and watched all the cars go by. We were strumming our guitars that we got from mail-order catalogs at the Montgomery Ward store, uh, not knowing that the knobs were connected to no wires on the inside. <laughs> and cars would drive by, depending on what season, some of them would have deer carcasses, and others contained Bob Dylan on his way down to Minneapolis from Hibbing. He must have driven by a hundred times. Hmm. He didn't know us, we didn't know him. Well, you know, it's funny... Um, when you talk about mail-order catalogs, because I got my first guitar, my grandpa bought me a silver tone, uh, arch top with F holes, which was a little too big for me to play in third grade. But I was just reading a thing uh, about, all surrounded about Sears going out of business. But Sears was really in the early 30s through my time in the uh, 60s and, and 70s, they sold guitars and amps. And Muddy Waters got one of his first guitars with a songbook out of a Sears catalog. And this article was about how many of the blues cats in the Deltas started playing guitars that they got out of Sears catalogs. Now, we're of the age that we, Montgomery Wards and Sears catalogs, used to wait to get the new ones just to see the guitars and amps. Mm -hmm. I bought the I bought the Montgomery Ward's uh, guitar with all the bells and whistles. I had to have that lever on it. Yeah. The because I loved the Ventures. Uh, sure. And uh, all the people that used that, and all the other knobs, most of them were not connected, but. Uh, but would be eventually. Would be. <laughs> I got I got volume and a little bit of tone out of it, and. Uh, that first set of guitars, I don't know how long yours lasted, but mine didn't last very long before I I uh, decided to switch to bass, and then I got some, started getting some gigs. Speaking of bass, Gary Lopak, what was your first guitar? You get it out of a catalog? Or no, I got it out of uh, B-Sharp music. Oh, yeah. Jim Lopez. Jimmy Lopez. Uh, my dad. That's its own show, by the oh, way. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine my dad, his generation, meeting Jim Lopez and buying a guitar from that man. Because... But it was an EBO, Gibson EBO bass. I started out well on my way with a really nice guitar. Well, and I've had the pleasure of playing with you with some of Kevin's gigs in Wolf Park on these, uh, uh, what became the Dylan thing after we did the 60th anniversary or 60, Bob's 60th birthday. We'll talk about that, but let's talk a little bit about this record artifacts, just a, a incredible record. Kevin, you should be so proud of this. Gary produced it. How much material did you send him 
to go through to figure out what was going to be on this record. I had to clean out my basement, and there was a lot of junk down there, a lot of scraps, a lot of fragments. So I sent Gary everything so I could clean out my basement and sell my house. That was the motivation for this, for this album. I sent him everything, probably a hundred or more scraps, fragments, starts, stops, false starts. And I let Gary handpick uh, everything that's on the record and some things that happened at the last minute. I'll let Gary talk a little bit about well, that. Well, I didn't really know I was doing this, but I was sort of like an A&R man. And I was looking for a hit. And he would send them to me in groups, five, don't, six songs. Don't bore us, get to the chorus. Right. And I would say no, 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 no to ten songs, not really realizing... Yeah, Kevin just trusted me. That's why I'm a. That's why I produce this because he just trusts my. You know, I'm a referee. I just well, have to, yeah. And of course, you know, there's there's the other approach to producing. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, how many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> More than one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you stepped on the punchline, Gary. But yeah. That's okay. We're not doing stand-up here. What I mean is Kevin produced it as much as I did. Yeah. I'm going to throw it right back at him. Kevin, when was your first uh, record? When did that come out? 71. It was on Wolf Records, W-O-O-F-F, -F, a subsidiary of Peter Pan Records out of Patterson, New Jersey, and uh, produced by Don Kingsley and a guy named David Zimmerman. I've heard of him. He's got a famous brother. He does. How would you like to be Bob Dylan's brother? It's not easy. <laughs> Much less being Bob Dylan, which uh, I would tough tough gig. But anyway, so David uh, produced it, but ended up manag managing you for a while. For a while, yeah. Uh, it uh, it we got it on a lot of airplanes in KQRS back when it was a rock station oh. back here, and it failed in the national marketplace. And I went to. Uh, Art Weiss at Red and White Taxi and started driving for him hmm. for a living after that and uh, gradually formed a band out of out of that uh, era, 71, 72. And uh, I had earlier met Stan Kipper in 1969. The great Stan Kipper, I might add. Soul of a City Festival and uh, the University of Minnesota. Right. Uh, in, Stan is actually the soul of the city. He is the soul of the city. They didn't know it at the time, but... <laughs> I, uh, we instantly bonded, and uh, he's on pretty much everything on this record, uh, start to finish. Um, that very first thing is represented on Artifacts by a Jam that we did, which is quite a lot of fun. It's toward, uh, toward the mid-end of it, but uh, stay tuned and you'll get to it. It's, it's a fusion jam, and this is what attracted me to Stan, the jazz fusion uh, that he always brought to the picture. Uh, he taught me things, and uh, I showed him folk idioms that he wasn't familiar with through the years, and together we've grown as a result of knowing each other. And he plays with his great band, uh, The New Primitives, every Tuesday night at Shaw's Bar, where I hold forth with Willie Walker on Thursdays. <clears throat> and I consider uh, The New Primitives to be our Midwest version of the Neville Brothers. They're that good. Uh, love, Stanley. Let's... Um, before we listen to the tune, I've had the pleasure of playing with with you, uh, gentlemen, and also on other gigs with two great musicians that have passed, uh, Lonnie Knight and Billy Hallquist, who I'm uh, honored to say took time out of their busy schedules to be on my show. But the song we're going to listen to first off, Artifacts, Kevin, uh, is a song called Dear Friend. Tell us about that. I... Put it together at the last minute and surprised Gary with it. Uh, I was fooling around with some uh, chords in the studio, and he was really getting quite annoyed with me. But uh, w once I finished it, um, we decided it would be our yesterday. This is going to be our yesterday. So what do we need on yesterday? All it was was guitar, bass, and then cello. The cello. Needed a cello. Featuring Michelle Kinney, right? Yeah. She's and that, not only a cello, a section, but how do you do that? She The, the recording was uh, amazing because yeah. Michelle came in and laid down one track, and then because her mind is constructed in a certain wonderful way, she laid down Another the track. next track, and the next track, and the next track, 
And when we mixed it, we just turned them all up, and it was a section. It was a string section. Yeah. Almost written. Almost sounds like it was written. My guest on the Wall of Power Radio Hour tonight for the whole show, Mr. Kevin Odegaard and Gary Lopak. We're going to listen to the song, Dear Friend, off Artifacts, and we'll be back with the gentleman. Billy and Lonnie. of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jaja from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare from my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Native Earth Radio is proud to announce we're adding an extra hour. One hour's too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. Great. More time for me to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national native news with reporters all around the country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and streaming live on Facebook. Dock and Lift in Spring Park reminds us that no one anywhere is more noble, righteous, selfless, or courageous than our U.S. Armed Forces. These brave men and women and their families foot the bill for our freedom every day. We can show we appreciate their sacrifices. Send a military care package today to let them know that they're now and always in our thoughts and prayers. This message from Dock and Lift in Spring Park. We live in the land of the free, thanks to the brave. Hey, Oli, how's that bumper crop of soybeans working out? Oh, cripes, not well, Sven. If only I had a patch of reefer to get by on. Well, did you catch that grassroots party commercial quoting from our state constitution? Get this. Any person may sell or peddle the products of the farmer garden occupied and cultivated by him without obtaining a license, therefore. Oh, what does that mean? Means you really should have planted some cannabis. You see, under the Controlled Substances Law, what's actually illegal is being in possession without a license. But if you're selling what you've cultivated, the Constitution says you don't need any license. Does the governor know about this? He sure will. If we vote Chris Wright and Duda Schwartzbacker in the governor's race, they've got Noah Johnson for attorney general, too. Boy, cannabis makes you cough, but politics makes you gag. This year, I'm going to vote right for governor. Paid for by the Grassroots Legalized Cannabis Party. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Ken 
Edmondson. My guest tonight for the whole show, Mr. Kevin Odegaard, who's got a great new career-spanning record out called Artifacts, and his producer and bass player, Gary Lopak. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the next couple of weeks in uh, Bob Dylan's world and the record that you were a part of called Blood on the Tracks and the song you played on called Tangled Up in Blue. So let's start, before we get back to more info on the artifacts, tell us what is, uh, what's really exciting in your world with Blood on the Tracks. Blood on the Tracks was recorded in two nights in 1974, and uh, for 44 and a half years, uh, his fans have called out for the rest of the story, the rest of the sessions, the New York sessions, if there were any Minneapolis sessions, which it turns out there are not. Because he first, Bob, first recorded in September in New York. That's correct. All the tunes. And then some. And then some, yeah. And then for whatever reasons, probably not completely satisfied with the project, talked to his brother David and said, hey, I know some musicians here in Minneapolis. David is the uncredited producer of Blood on the Tracks as it was released in 1975 early, the fastest and best-selling studio album to this day of Bob Dylan's career. And really a comeback record for him. It was. I thought No Morning was a comeback record. I, right. I, I, hey, I thought uh, Self-Portrait was a comeback album. I loved uh, Wigwam. Right, 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 right. I liked all that stuff. Yeah. All the tired horses in the sun. Yeah, I'm singing along with that. Yeah, in, but, the, in the early morning rain. Yeah. Self-Portrait. Um, so, when the record came out uh, and what was what pressed was the the Minneapolis sessions, they had already had the covers done for the New York sessions, so the record came out with the wrong players for the disc. And you guys have been waiting 40-some years to yeah, get 44 your 44 and a half uh, in three days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but November 2nd, you'll see it available on iTunes if you just want to get the Minneapolis sessions. They're 99 cents each. The limited edition CD set... Uh, is uh, six CDs, and there is so much New York music on there that you haven't heard before. All of it addressed and remixed by a wonderful folky named Steve Adabo, yeah. who unproduced the, the whole album. <laughs> unproduced it, I love Including that. Including Minneapolis, because effects like echo and reverb and compression... In 74, they're different than they are in 2018. Absolutely. They go in and out of style like beach right. blanket bingo movies. Yeah. And what Steve did was removed everything. So you've got Bob Dylan's voice louder and right. larger and wider and all the instruments around him. And when you listen to this, as I believe you're about to at some point, uh, you feel like you're sitting in a very nice, comfortable, small room right next to Bob Dylan singing this stuff. There's no uh, pretense about it. There's no, nothing. Is, it's, it's organic. And Adabo did just a, a stellar job. On that, not only that, but he de-Ramoned the New York sessions. Right. Phil Ramon is, is who's Kevin referring to, yeah. one of the great Columbia producers. And he turned the echo up to 11 in, <laughs> in New York. <laughs> and Adabo took it out. So thank you for that. You know, we're going to listen. I think what we're going to do is listen to a little bit uh, of the remastered Tangled Up in Blue that you played guitar on. But you've got the great story. Bob plays a version of Tangled Up in Blue and asks you, what do you think? And you tell, tell the whole story. I heard I heard him play it in G. Chris Weber taught it to the band in G. And it's my big chance because Greg Inhofer has put a, a good word in for me because I got him on the gig. And so now David makes sure that I'm asked to play on, on day two. This is December 30. Um, and I'm there with my Martin D28 I'd gotten from Manny's Music. And what year? What year is your Martin? What year was it built? 1969. Okay. Early 1969. Summer of Love. Was that the Summer of Love? I thought it was 67. Oh, I'm thinking <laughs> of Woodstock. Yeah. Early right. night. Early 1969. It was uh, yeah first uh, first edition, and it's uh, it's a rosewood model. We we went 
we took it to the Nazareth, Pennsylvania Martin factory last year and and uh, had some great conversations with some folks about it. I'm I'm not, unable to play it anymore. <laughs> so, because I'm, I'm I'm old and I've got arthritis and right. both hands, so I'm going to sell it. <laughs> Yikes. So, Bob asked you after you did a take in the KG what you thought. What did you tell Mr. Dillon? It just sat there. It was a nice song, um, and it was very easy to do. But G is a G is a folk key. G is a very folky idiom. A very, it has a personality that comes from uh, the British Isles. Right. Okay? Now, A... Now you got shuffle. Now you got rock and roll. Now you got a little the more sound. of an attitude. A little bit more delta. It's not quite E, the delta right. E, but it's it's dun 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 dun. Right. That's A, and it's got it's a lot sharper. And I would just felt since we were just a bunch of Minnesotans, very relaxed and comfortable. The reason Bob was so relaxed in those sessions was Bill Berg his classmate from Hibbing High School, right. an underclassman. I studied Bob. voice with uh, Bill's brother, Bob, although you could never tell by listening to me sing, but keep going. <laughs> you have a unique voice <laughs> in all the world, and you know that. God bless you, Kevin. <laughs> so um, I said, I piped up, and, and it was just like we were a bunch of guys sitting on the armory steps in Princeton watching deer, you know, deer go by. Uh, I just said, well, why don't you know, maybe we should try it in a because I was hearing it in there. It was just something, a little voice in my head. And the room got quiet, and uh, I took a breath. He looked down, crushed out an imaginary cigarette on the floor, and I can evoke to this day the sweat coming right through my shirt all the way, just soaked. And, and I think it was a matter of 10 or 12 seconds. I was, all of a sudden I got very nervous because I realized, wait a minute, you just... <laughs> He just told Bob Dylan what to do. And so he said, okay, let's try it. And we... I think you agreed that it wasn't good. You said it was passable. I said it was passable. I said it's passable. You know, it's another thing. You want to go on to the next song? Whatever, you know. It's passable. He was asking for that. Well, and... and you gave it to him. And I acted... It, it wasn't not intentional. I, I know. I, I promise you. It was just a matter of us being a bunch of Iron Rangers and Minnesotans in the same room, and we had a bond. Let's listen to it. This is the remastered version of Tangled Up in Blue featuring my guest, Kevin Odegaard, on his Martin D28. Then we'll be right back. source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one -on -one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Woo, woo, woo. 
Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on the Zero Hour, a lot of politics. John Nichols on Democratic races, Malika Jabali on working class black voters, Greg Sargent on an uncivil time in politics, and Max Blumenthal on Saudi power and American elites. All this and more on the Zero Hour, every Sunday night from 9 till midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Considering replacing your vacuum, what do you do with the old one? Throw it in the garage? Worse yet, throw it in the garbage? How about trade it in and save? A1 Vacuum in Roseville has been around forever, and they take trade-ins. When you trade in your old vacuum, you save. So if it's time to replace that old clunker headed for the garage or landfill, bring it in to A1 Vacuum in Roseville. You can find A1 Vacuum at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight we'll have rain with a low around 36. Tomorrow more rain with a high near 41. Monday mostly cloudy with a high near 47. Tuesday cloudy with a high near 43. And Wednesday mostly cloudy with a high near 39. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Nightingale. They offer something for everyone's taste buds, from seafood to unbelievable vegetarian options. Come visit them at 2551 Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. More details at eatlocalminnesota.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power of Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. I have two great guests in the studio for the whole show tonight. Kevin Odegaard, songwriter, and Bon Vivant, and bass player Gary Lopak. They both worked on a great new career-spanning record called Artifacts. Mostly Kevin Odegaard's original uh, songs from over the years. And uh, let's start with Gary Lopak. So... When did you start playing with Kevin in the KO band? Uh, 1965 or, I mean, 75 or 76. Right. He was putting together a band for his second album f from audio... ASI. ASI. 7-Eleven West Broadway. He uh, found Bobby Rifkin, found me, Billy Hallquist. It wasn't hard to find Bobby, his brother David <laughs> yeah. produced. And yeah. I had worked with him before, too. And then uh, Billy Holquist found a guy named uh, Jeff Dayton. And that was the band with the piano player. Bruce McCabe. Bruce McCabe. Wow. It was a great lineup. Bunch of young bucks. Yeah. Really talented. Most that went on to have really great careers. Jeff Dayton went on to play with Glenn Campbell. Yes. Bobby Rifkin went on to be Bobby Z, <laughs> played with Prince. Bruce McCabe is one of the most Legend. beloved keyboard players and songwriters in the... Uh, Johnny in the, Lang wrote hits. Yeah, yeah, wrote hits with Johnny Lang, played with Lamont Cranston for years, and then the Hoop Snakes, who recently had a gig out at the Medina. Um, and let's not forget Billy. We talked yeah, about him Billy earlier. Yeah, Billy Hallquist, yeah. Billy was a great songwriter as well. So that was the beginning. Never stopped working with Kevin. Even wow. different cities, different eras... Never lost contact. We failed to break up. Yes. <laughs> we like failed. John and Yoko. Unlike your last marriage. <laughs> oh, a dump. What? <laughs> Kevin and I are very good friends. We can talk about that. Ooh. <laughs> hey, we tell the truth here on the Wall of Power Radio. <laughs> but you have a lovely uh, new bride. And you recorded uh, a lot of this record at A440 Studios. So tell us about uh, your lovely wife and uh, John Heinen. 
Susan Casey uh, liked some of the material I was sending her when I was courting her back in 2007. Among that stuff, uh, also included on this album, were some things that assembled, uh, became my blood on the tracks, as it were. It's called this, the El Nino Suite. And uh, I was not in love with my own voice at the time, and I felt Gary would be better out front. So Gary sings the El Nino Suite for the most part. I'm in there a little bit, but I'm proud of that. And if you get so to I. that, it's great. <laughs> Susan Casey uh, really produced um, that and also Summer of Love because she also wanted to clean the basement out and sell the house. <laughs> Those are the facts, folks. Rubbermaid bins full of tapes. Yeah. Oh. Now, um, Kevin, so tell us about uh, her relationship with John Heinen and, and A440. Uh, did you record it out in Maple Grove? One thing led to another. Susan's uh, then stepson-in-law, John Heinen, uh, became available to me because I, I knew Susan. And uh, we recorded, actually, uh, the Summer of Love material on here at uh, Levi Stugelmeyer's wonderful studio in St. Paul called Summer Winter. And That's it's right. right there in Vendelia. And Levi's a great guy. Um, and everybody locally knows him. <clears throat> he's expanding now. He's got another place, I think. And we just did basics there. Later to be worked on uh, with John Heinen, who was the bravest producer engineer that Gary, Gary and I ever worked with. Nobody would do the things that John Heinen, that we asked John Heinen to do. You're right. <laughs> Nobody. They would have thought we were crazy. You know, um, but that's the beauty of having that kind of a recording situation. Yeah. That's how it gets done. If you're looking at the clock, right, you can end up with a pretty lame <clears throat> recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A rushed, yeah, expensive lamb recording. You know what? What? What kind of um, though occurs to me with this, the story, the blood on the track story, uh, the Susan and John Heinen connection, uh, and in uh, the Kale Band is in in maybe it happens in in other uh, big music cities, but here in Minnesota, you have blood on the tracks. You have David Zimmerman who talks to his brother Bob Dylan. Because he knows some great musicians in Minneapolis to come and play with. And it turned out to be one of his most beloved records, Blood on the Tracks. But then you have the KO Band. And you have Bobby Rifkin, whose brothers were David Rifkin. And David not only did all the Johnny Lang stuff, but used to live with Graham Parsons, for God's sakes. And has an incredible uh, recording career. You end up courting and then uh, marrying Susan Casey. Uh, her stepson happens to run a studio. I mean, it's very um, family-oriented. It's a legacy, and that's what this album is. This is, uh, uh, it's a legacy uh, of everything I've done because I'm done. <laughs> my hands are all frozen up. Right. I can't play the Martin anymore. I love my uke, but um, I want to move on, do something else, uh, uh, you know, before it's all over. I want to just really take a left turn and... This was, and Gary got this when I was begging him to produce it. This represents the best of the things that we all did together. And the fact that it's the same guys year after year after year underlines what you just said. Yeah. Uh, we failed to break up. Yeah, it's, it, and, and there's a certain musical incestuousness to the whole thing. I mean, it's always like... Not six degrees of separation, but how all these connections occurred. It's just a few degrees of separation. I know I just did a plate of memorial service for a good friend of mine, Jim Jacobson, down in St. Peter with my trio, Cats Under the Stars, and we've been together for 44 years. So <laughs> it's kind of the beauty of it. Now, Kevin, um, there's a certain, it's a big deal to say, even though, you know, you're having uh, arthritic hands and the rest, as does... The rumor has a Bob Dylan, uh, but just kind of walk away. It feels good, and Gary gave me that gift. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Because when I think about it, it scares the hell out of me personally as a musician. Oh, it feels great. I, I, I think... It's a step toward redemption. Hmm. 
Uh, I'm not forgiven yet, but I'm one step closer. <laughs> yeah, wait till you wake up in the middle of the night with another song in your head, and I yeah. get a phone call. Right, exactly. Happen. I can still play the uke. Yeah. No, there's a great uh, yeah. deal of joy in knowing that's never going to happen again. How do you stop it? You stop it by doing what you helped me do. And oh, okay. this is a great moment, not only just with the artifacts, but with the idea that I can put a capital M on my name now because my name's finally on Blood on the Tracks. And I can say, I'm a musician. I'm a musician. I'm proud of that. This is a fabulous legacy. I I listened to a little bit of it last week when I got it from uh, your right-hand man, Mark Perkansky, (laughs) a key player in all of it. But I was listening to some of these songs today, and... um, it's an incredible document of not only your work, Kevin Odegaard, but really you're telling some of these stories that you know happened over the last 40 or 50 years. Summer and of Love, for instance. Yeah. Summer of Love, which is the song we're going to end uh, uh, this segment with on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Tell us about Summer of Love, the song. Uh, the song came about as a result of a theme that we came up with for the summer concert of 2017 um, we had uh, s- uh, a friend we uh, we made a friend named Mark Odegaard unrelated evidently we've dug a little bit and found nothing but uh, I call him cousin Mark anyway he gave me a book about his Vietnam tour and then how he returned to the Bay Area and to the Presidio Army Base and w- date by day would hike up to Golden Gate Park and hang out with the dead in the airplane. And combining those two ideas and the fact that I had been in San Francisco at around that same time with my Aunt Phyllis, whom, who favored me. Right. I was her favorite nephew. And, and, who, gets na- <laughs> and who gets name-checked and dear friend. Yeah. And it, it's... Uh, Plus, you know, Phyllis, that's a name that should be brought back. <laughs> Jeremy has an aunt named Phyllis, oh, Jeremy really? Ilvesacker, who you hear prominently on the guitar. If you start this song about the time Michelle Kinney quotes John Lennon's Imagine, yeah. you'll hear Jeremy Ilvesacker, who is the next great superstar from Minnesota, uh, stretch out and show you what he can do when he's not told a thing to do. Jeremy, just be yourself, and we'll just stand back and watched the volcano explode and it was a sight to behold jeremy yovasaker is the the most incredible thing i've ever seen happen live in a studio what about you i agree well this uh this song we're going to play a little bit of it it's really kind of a magnum opus masterpiece i mean you kind of wait you're not waiting for it to end because you're tired of it but you're just going well how can they top that last instrumental mm-hmm. chorus? Ben Fong Torres uh, likes it well enough to... He plays it on his Saturday uh, radio show called Moon Alice Radio. And Ben Fong Torres, for those of you who don't know, is a longtime writer for Rolling Stone magazine, based in Frisco. It so happens he's writing the script for a musical entitled... Summer of Love. All right. So <laughs> They're looking for songs. We'll They're see where that goes. Everything. We'll see where that goes. I, yeah. It's a good sign. Hold on. Let me just make a note here to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're looking for songs. They're look- looking for songs. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I take a peek at your Rolodex, Kevin? <laughs> anyway, we got Gary Lopak, the producer of Artifacts, and Kevin Odegaard here. We're going to play you a song that I adore. Kevin wrote called... Summer of Love, and then we'll be back for one more segment with Gary and Kevin on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Dear Aunt Phyllis, it's your favorite nephew, Kevin. Writing to thank you for the summer of 67 California, land of the free Where it never rains and the mountains touch the sea In the summer of love By the golden gate While the fog will be And it's left 
crop of soybeans working out. Oh, cripes, not well, Sven. If only I had a patch of reefer to get by on. Well, did you catch that grassroots party commercial quoting from our state constitution? Get this. Any person may sell or peddle the products of the farmer garden occupied and cultivated by him without obtaining a license, therefore. Oh, what does that mean? Means you really should have planted some cannabis. You see, under the Controlled Substances Law, what's actually illegal is being in possession without a license. But if you're selling what you've cultivated, the Constitution says you don't need any license. Does the governor know about this? He sure will. If we vote Chris Wright and Duda Schwartzbacker in the governor's race, they've got Noah Johnson for attorney general, too. Boy, cannabis makes you cough, but politics makes you gag. This year, I'm going to vote right for governor. Paid for by the Grassroots Legalized Cannabis Party. I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Markets, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we don't add a thing. Just 100% pure turkey. Preserve your free range Thanksgiving turkey today for pickup at our store right on the farm in scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our Metro retail partners. Visit us at FerndaleMarket.com for more information or to reserve your turkey today. Hello, humans. It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. where I talk about being a practical idealist. I want to invite you to a special talk I'm giving, Gray Area Thinking, on Monday, November 5, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Open Book Literary Center in Minneapolis. I've been giving this talk, Gray Area Thinking, to businesses all across North America. Now I'm offering gray area thinking to the general public. Gray area thinking teaches how to be more accepting of people who look different than you or me or who are LGBTQ or of a different religion. It's work grounded in the teachings of Dr. King and Robert F. Kennedy. I'd love for you to join me on Monday, November 5th at Open Book at 6.30 p.m. To register, Google Eventbrite Tickets Gray Area Thinking or go to elliecrook.com and look for Human is Human Public Events on the menu. Please come and please bring someone. More than ever, our country needs gray area thinking. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the last segment of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Maxson. My guest in the studio all night, songwriter and cool cat, Kevin Odegaard. Bass player, cool cat, and producer of Artifacts, Kevin's career-spanning record, Gary Lopak. Gary, what was the most exciting thing that happened while you were recording some of the new tunes for Artifacts? Oh, it would have to be Jeremy and writing and creating songs in the studio without rehearsing or even knowing what the song was. It, uh, it, it's something as a musician you dream about. Right. Being able to do that, I mean, how does that happen? You think, well, well the Beatles did it or the Stones did it, and then you get to do I'll, it. I'll tell you how it happened. You had a really good deal on studio time. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew good good, I, I knew a guy. I knew a guy. I knew a guy. That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I, you know, I do live. That's I make, I make my living playing live gigs, 6,000 gigs later, and uh, uh, a lot of time on the couch. Um, 
with highly paid professionals. That's not true. I, I work it out through music, but um, but the th uh, at their price is, point, what, you know, everybody's got their little home studios now, and I know guys that made great. Steve Tibbetts is one. He can go on and produce his own stuff and be his own engineer. But for me, when I go into the studio, mm -hmm. that's when, and I don't use the word artist lightly or and I use it rarely with myself, but those are the times when I'm in the studio and you have a great engineer like a Steve Weiss or someone like that, um, where I feel like I can be an artist and let yeah. them take care of it and I can just let the magic flow when it does, not always. Mm -hmm. Steve witnessed the breakup of the KO band. Really? Tell us about that. There was a hole in the door. Gary doesn't... Too many it. cooks. <laughs> Gary doesn't even want to talk about this. You were, you were we had just created our masterpiece. It was called studio. I Don't Want to Go. It was, a, it was a number one country hit for sure. We were on our way. We were we creating were in the studio. On our way. Yeah. And, uh, we didn't know it, of course. But A fist fight broke out. I'm not going to say between whom. Too many people there in the were, booth at the one same too time. Too many person at the board. <laughs> at <right>. the board. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> thereafter... That version of the KO band no longer existed. It really did. It hit. It hit. Yeah. At 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 our greatest moment, we knew we'd written a hit. This was going to make us famous and rich, well, and we'd all have yachts and homes <laughs> in every country. And, and then the fist fight broke. And then out. the fist fight broke. <laughs> Kevin Odegaard, uh, you and I have gotten to be really good friends since 2001, but we've known each other since the early 90s when we met in Los Angeles. This is really a great career-defining legacy for, for you to leave uh, for the rest of us that enjoy your music. What do you see doing artistically uh, besides the ukulele? I want to collaborate uh, with Susan Casey on a uh, a fun literary project something that's uh light-hearted and makes people smile i believe and i can say this on this radio station i believe Mer america needs to uh laugh and smile yeah. right now i believe we're and a country, vote by the way that's right <laughs> we're a country in need of some uh joy healing healing and joy healing joy um, so, you know, we have a concept in mind. We have an idea and what we'd like to do together. We'll see if it works. Uh, we are at the point we, where... We don't, we don't want you and Susan to break up in the studio. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're still, we're still uh, waiting. We've, it's nine years now. We just went on our second honeymoon. Still haven't had our first fight because we just don't care to. We're Beautiful. Just, we're just not... Too old for that stuff. Yeah, and, and Bad vibes. we're finishing each other's sentences. She knows my mind. I she is a total mystery to me. I know nothing about Susan. And she happens, <laughs> and she happens to be totally hot. She is uh, a brilliant, She's brilliant person and uh, has lots of ideas. She's got a character in mind who once was a fan um, of 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 this band in the seventies and in the uh in the iteration of the story that we're thinking of uh uh she comes back as an attorney <laughs> watch out blackmail oh, ensues hey uh, you, <laughs> kevin and uh we just got a little bit of time left uh you wrote that great book simple twist of fate about the blood on the track sessions you were nice enough to name check me in the intro thank you so much well uh you were not only a part of that, but you were, uh, in a greater sense, you founded the campaign because you're a community organizer. And I'll say this again in another event we're going to do soon, but without Paul Metza, uh, there wouldn't be a reissue of Blood on the Tracks. Oh. There would not have been my book. And uh, I am totally thankful, grateful, and proud to call you my friend. You invented the concept of Blood on the Tracks Live. You brought the original band back together at First, First Avenue. Avenue. I was there. And 2001. Again at uh, the Pantages. I asked Gary 
to come on uh, stage and, and sing and play uh, Lily Rosemary and the Jack Hearts. What do you say, J uh, Gary? I knew I could not remember 13 verses, and I turned it down. I think Adam Levy did it, didn't he? No, that was uh, it, Martin it Devaney, was Devaney with uh, Mark Perkansky holding, holding cards. Holding our PR cards. I the cards, thought. the cards were my idea from the First Avenue show. I might add. That see, so again, let's get back <laughs> to what's important here. Thank you, Paul, because y you, uh, as much as anybody else on planet Earth, uh, are the reason there's a reissue. You're the reason wow. there's more blood, more tracks from from uh, Sony Legacy Records, uh, and when you see this package. You'll be as proud as I am because you're one of the fathers of this project. Our campaign helped. It made a difference, and it came from you. That's, that's the greatest birthday present maybe I've ever had as my birthday is November 1st, All Saints Day, as I like to remind my ex-girlfriends. Um, anyway, this has been a really fun show. Kevin Odegaard and Gary Lopak, thank you so much. We're going to go out listening to... The vibe of the whole thing called Love Everybody, a Kevin Odegaard song. Hope you dig it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Paul. Engineered by the great Hunter Haas. Follow Kevin Odegaard at kevinodegaard.com. Pick up his new disc. Also, come and see me at Shaw's. I play there every Thursday, 16th and University, Northeast in Minneapolis from 5 to 7.30. The Green Lantern in St. Paul from 9 to 11.30. Follow me at paulmetza.com. And I want to remind you, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. More info at paulmetzer.com.